0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Last week I was uh, downtown at the McWane Center with my family, uh, like we do often when it's cold and you need something to entertain them. Um, I think I recently referenced the McQuain Center in the sermon. Sorry about that. But there we go again. We're at the McWane Center and um, leaving. And I noticed we were parked on the street, not in their parking lot. And as we were going to the car, a, a police officer had pulled someone over and was giving uh, that person a ticket. By the way, i got to say the worst drivers on the planet are in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, I've spent a lot of time all over the world, but a fear for my life crossing the street... More here than in, in most other places, um, and uh, I got in my car and was driving not too far. The police had let this uh, person go just as as we uh, pulled into the road, and you know maybe I'd gone about a block, and I decided to change lanes. And here's me rationalizing it because I was probably in the wrong, but um, you know I, I'm I'm a sinner, so I'm always right. Um, and I was in the middle lane and wanted to change over in, into this lane. But the car here kind of tapped on its brakes. So I was like in the middle of the two lanes and hesitated. And the person behind me just was like, mer, mer you know, for what felt like 10 seconds. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm avoiding an accident. So I hit the accelerator and swerve around. And of course, blue lights. Uh, the, the cop that I had just seen giving someone else a ticket was pulling me over. Um, and. Uh, I thought great. You know, all I need right now is a, is a ticket, um, like you ever need one. Um, uh, but he gets out of his car and he says to me, uh, I, "I'm starting to explain. I'm sorry. I was just trying to avoid an accident." And he says, "I'm tired of writing tickets. Don't ever do that again." She's <laughs> like, "Slow down," you know. And I'm like, "But I was trying to avoid an accident." And he said, "You almost caused an accident." And I was like, "Yes, yes, you're right. Thank you for letting me go," you know. Um, but I, I tell this story because. Um, he was within his right to punish me, to, to give me a ticket. It was, was within his uh, full authority. As a matter of fact, I had just seen him exercising his authority with someone else, and yet uh, he uh, gave me mercy instead of the uh, judgment of the ticket. He gave me uh, mercy, letting me go. Did you all see the uh, film that came out about a year and a half ago called Noah? If you haven't seen it, you've probably heard about it right by now. Um, And, of course, it was controversial. I mean, any movie that you make based on the Bible is going to make somebody upset. Um, And there are parts about the film that um, I disagree with, of course. But I liked it okay, actually, um, because the overall sort of overarching theme with the movie, as I saw it, was something to do with mercy, uh, and that was highlighted by uh, the only song in the film with lyrics, which was written by uh, Patty Smith. You know who she was, a, a punk rocker from the '70s. She wrote the song for the soundtrack Noah, that Russell Crowe sang called uh, "Mercy Is." And he, you know, he sang terribly in Les Misérables, but uh, this one he did okay with. Um, and so the theme of mercy that I saw overarching the film Noah. Uh, was punctuated, at least, by the song Mercy Is uh, that Patti Smith wrote for Russell Crowe to sing. And I, you know, what is mercy? Uh, I, I looked it up. Merriam-Webster is the definition is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Now, let me read that again. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Um, And I bring up the film Noah, of course, because one of our readings from the lectionary today was the end of the Noah story uh, from Genesis following the flood. Um, And I don't need to explain that to you. It's one of the Bible stories you're most well acquainted with. God uh, destroys all living creatures except for those on the ark that Noah built. And here after the flood... um, we uh, find them in the lectionary today when God says to Noah, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. I've set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So the word covenant comes up here. Uh, this, uh, this passage is about the covenant uh, that God makes with Noah as the representative of all humanity. And covenant means uh, coming together by agreement, a, a promise. You might think of a contract or a pledge. Uh, and it's typically, a covenant is typically ratified with some sort of physical sign or symbol. And the covenant here in the Noah story uh, is a covenant of mercy signed with God's bow. Now, of course, when you hear this story, you immediately think of, what, a rainbow in the sky. I mean, that's a bow that we've seen with our own eyes in the sky. Uh, and that might have been uh, what God was talking about. Uh, but there might be another meaning to uh, bow that I want to explore today. And this was brought to my attention um, You guys are going to get tired of me talking about this guy, but uh, Kevin Twitt, who's coming to um, speak here at the Advent and the Lenten preaching series in two weeks, and we're going to do an event with him in the evening, um, and we'll play this song, A Love That Will Not Let Me Go, that evening. We've been playing it here at this service, but Kevin Twitt, uh, with uh, his uh, musicians, did a hymn sing at the Ryman in Nashville, and it was recorded. Um, and when he introduced the song, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go, that we've been singing here, written by George Matheson, he, um, he highlights one of the verses in that song that talks about God's rainbow or bow in the sky and gives us a, a new way to understand it. And now here's the sermon, really. If you've been zoning out and if you want to zone out at the end, just pay attention to what I'm about to read right here because we just could just bring Kevin in here and let him preach it because what he says here um, is the um, is the message that I really want to proclaim to you tonight this is Kevin Twitt talking about a love that will not let me go written by George Matheson there's a particular line in verse three where it says I trace the rainbow through the rain and that image of the rainbow there in Genesis in the Noah story it's not like a little bow like you might wear in your hair It's the word for a battle bow. And the picture that God gives us that he'll never destroy the world again by a flood is the picture of a battle bow cocked and aimed at himself. With the cross, the cross of Christ, excuse me, is, is that the battle bow has been loosed on him, but not on us. So when trials come, we don't just try and keep our head up. We grab hold of the covenant promise. The proof that God loves us is that all the promises of the Bible are yea and amen in Christ, including that one, that he will never destroy the world because he destroyed his son. Therefore, as one of the Puritans used to say, if you don't understand justification by faith, it makes every trial a double trial, because not only are you enduring the trial, you're having to wonder if God hates me. But if Jesus died in your place, you know his wrath has been fully poured out on his son. So we have a a love that will never let us go, because we have a love that let the son go in our place. Well, the the Hebrew word here for bow is the word keseth, which mostly when referred to in the Bible, uh, it does mean a bow as in a bow and arrow, a battle bow. Um, so that might be a new way for you to look at the bow in, no- in, in, uh, in the Noah story in Genesis Is not just a, a nice rainbow in the sky, um, but as an instrument of war, a weapon pointed at God himself. Um, so God no longer destroys us as he did in the flood, but destroys himself. And this bow is the sign of this, a weapon that ironically becomes a sign of peace. And the cross, likewise, uh, is a weapon that God aims at himself and also becomes for us a sign of peace. Uh, the, the etymological root of the word mercy is basically the same Latin word that's the root uh, word for our English word Merchandise. Mercy has the same root as merchandise. If you think of merchandise as something that you've bought with a price. And likewise, the covenant here uh, in both the the bow in the sky and the one with the cross is God buying us with a price that he paid himself. And just follow me here uh, today. This sounds a little bit goofy. uh, And I don't normally do something like this because it sounds like a stretch. But follow me here. It's also the same root word for Mercedes, uh, like the car. Mercedes <laughs> actually it's the same Latin root as mercy and merchandise. And Mercedes are very expensive, so you can remember that easily. And what we had the Mercedes Marathon this morning, and Mercedes are made here in Alabama, some of them. And if you look at the logo of a Mercedes from now on, you might notice that it looks like a battle bow pointing up to the sky with an arrow coming out of it. So, so not only the rainbow can be a signifier for you for the rest of your life of God's mercy and the covenant promise, but every stinking Mercedes that you see on the road, from now on, just think of the, the bow and arrow pointed at God and that he unleashed his wrath on himself instead of on us. And yet they still remain uh, expensive. Um, Here's my final thought, though. All that to say, you know, if today you're in a time of trial, just as Kevin Twitt alluded to and what he was saying about the song, Oh, Love That Will Not Let Me Go, uh, if today you're in some sort of trial, and and most of you are in some degree, uh, you know, maybe it has something to do with finances or or your work or a relationship that you're in or have um, or had, Uh, Maybe it has something to do with illness of yourself or someone close to you. If you're in some sort of time of trial right now, the human instinct is to ask, you know, why does God let this happen to me? Is he punishing me? Uh, And in fact, we're quick to sort of pile on more pain for ourselves in asking those sorts of questions. And I, I do it, too. You know, don't get me wrong. I often ask that sort of question And people ask me that question when they're suffering in the hospital and elsewhere. But remember that God made his unbreakable covenant with Noah long ago, and we are descendants of Noah. Uh, God will not cut us off and destroy us ever again. Instead, he gives us mercy, letting us off the hook for our crimes and yet not letting us go away from him. And here's the final, final thought of my sermon before I end. On Friday, I went to the Lenten uh, Speaker Series and heard Paul Walker, uh, who used to be on staff here at the Advent, is now the rector of Christ Church in Charlottesville. And he said this sort of like off the cuff. I don't even think it was planned, but he referred to the gospel as the excellent news the excellent news. And I was so jealous. I was so jealous that I had never thought of that before. I've been going around for so long calling the gospel the good news. And it's kind of, that's kind of boring. You know I mean? Good, like, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, you know? I mean, so the thing that is most excellent in life, the most excellent thing to hear, you know, yeah, we could keep calling it good news, but I'm so jealous that Paul Walker just just came out of him that he called it the excellent news and mercy indeed is excellent news. Thank God for his mercy. Amen.